This is Iron Mike Stedman, and I want to thank you for tuning into my show, The Legendary Dog Whistle Brandon. Today, we interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to talk about execution with my main man, Mr. Bill Watkins, in particular, scoreboards, because this is my show and there are no rules in audio. But in all seriousness, at Ironbound, we like to teach you how to bridge the gap between brand strategy and execution, and measuring your performance with scoreboards is crucial. I can't help but smirk at the title of this episode, New Year's Resolutions Are For Losers, because it's true. Let's head into the new year with some momentum already, and if you're listening to this show, I promise you you're ahead of the game. Now enough of me talking. Gunny, get them ready. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. You're listening to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride, where we provide no fluff and high impact brand strategy and business coaching for veteran owned businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the godfather of Dog Whistle Branding, founder of Ironbound Media and business coach at the Lions Pride. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. All right. So I figured we'll riff on this, give our listeners some advice on implementing their scoreboards. Um, and anything else that's on your mind? Well, a couple of things, uh, Mike. First of all, we are wrapping up. Uh, we're doing this recording towards the uh, the end, well, at the end of 2022. And, and in our worlds, uh, that's pretty meaningful. Uh, of course, there's a, you know, big holiday season coming up, but it's also this time where the calendar flips. And so all of us are in this, hey, I'm wrapping up a year and, you know, I'm going to start a new year. I mean, there was times when humans didn't have concept of right. wrapping up years and, and, and uh, new years, but we do. So here's the idea uh, to your listeners, or here's the challenge to your listeners. Um, how is 2023 going to be better are going to be different in a better way than 2022 for most people the answer is i hope it will be better and they set resolutions but they end up the same or worse yeah so the challenge i have to your listeners is when there is intention commitment and structure both at work, meaning a business plan process, and away from work, meaning a life plan process, that's where 2023 will be better at work and away from work. Whereas this random New Year's Eve, New Year's resolution sort of bullshit uh, leaves people stuck. I like to head into the new year with momentum, me personally. Well, uh, Mike, how do you go into the year with momentum? Start doing the stuff now. Yep. Don't, don't wait yeah. for, uh, like you said, New Year's resolutions are for losers. <laughs> I know I offended somebody one time when I said that. <laughs> but it's true. You know, people keep putting stuff off, but it's the, it's making the decision now, going to the gym now, working on your business plan now, not waiting until January 1 to start stuff that you should have been doing in the first place. 
That's absolutely correct. I, I just talked to a guy today who's who um, uh, is a new uh, a new coaching uh, member, and you know his his health is a three. It's a ten in importance, and uh, he said, like I said, well, what's your goal? He says I'm going to get healthier in 2023, and I was like, well, based on that, no, you won't. You're going to be ten pounds heavier. And your blood pressure will be 10 points higher. I said, dude, we got, we got to, we got to own some specifics here. Go buy a fucking gym bag, sign a trainer up, um, throw the ice cream away. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but it's these specific actions, Mike, rather than these grandiose sweeps of the paintbrush that uh, move the needle. And I will confirm what you just said. Uh, if not today, when? Everybody always says, oh, I'll start on January 1. Why? There's no magic about January 1. January 1 is no different except on the calendar than tomorrow. So start tomorrow. Right. Go buy a gym bag. Go walk into the corner gym and sign up with a trainer. This conversation actually leads into my topic for today I want to talk to you about is scoreboards and measuring performance. So uh, Cal Newport in his book, um, Deep Work, he talks yep. about lead and lag measures, right? Yep. And a lot of times we end up trying to focus on the outcome. Oh, we want to have $2 million in revenue by the end yep. of 2023. Or just like you said, personally, I want to lose 20 pounds. But it's like, what are we tracking that is going to get us there? Yeah. And I know for me, right, and I've, I've been in Lions Pride since 2019. I think three years, you know, and I'm a coach now and the scoreboards was one of the things I was always ducking from. And I'm thinking through why that is. And I think because deep down, we like to tell ourselves that we're being effective, you know, that we're working hard, but we're not necessarily measuring and tracking and holding ourselves accountable and our teams accountable. So you've been teaching scoreboards forever. I would love for you to uh, talk to why they're important to our audience and how to get started building one, even as an early stage uh, small business owner. Well, Peter Drucker was the one that says what gets measured improves and what gets measured and reported improves exponentially. So scoreboards and the meetings that go along with scoreboards, you could call them scoreboard meetings if you want. We call them operational meetings. Um, It applies that Drucker advice. Why was Weight Watchers, uh, I I think it's still very successful, but Weight Watchers is one of the first uh, to do something and and they were the ones then that got results. And what was that something? Do you remember? Was it tracking what they're eating? Weekly weigh-ins. Weekly weigh-ins, that's right. You had to weigh yourself every week. Yeah, they created these, and and my wife um, uh, was a weight witcher, weight witcher, a weight watcher um, coach and franchise. She ran a couple of, uh, I, I, I I think it was for Western Tennessee or Eastern Tennessee or something. But she ran a lot of the weight watcher franchise locations, and she would show up, and they would have this community, almost all women. They became very close. They all wanted to lose weight. And uh, it was kind of like a community of energy. But what did you have to do? You had to strip down to your gym shorts and your sports bra, and you had to stand on a scale. 
And then they would write your name. This was back before the internet. They would write your your weight um, that week. And then they would put a little arrow up, weight up, weight down. And if you had weight down, they, you know, like this. And if you went weight up, they would walk up, hug you, and you'd probably be crying. That's how they got results. Because everybody did not want to embarrass themselves or disappoint others who were cheering them on to lose weight, to get healthier and all that. To go from a size 16 to a size, you know, eight. Um, it works. What, what? So in business, though, a lot of times we don't do it. Uh, we're too busy. We don't know what the hell we're doing anyway. Um, we don't know what metrics really move the needle. Like uh, I was doing this with Lars just in the last half hour. It took us about 20 minutes to create a 15-minute segment of his 37-minute uh, weekly tactical meeting. And it took about 20 minutes for him to write in the numbers that would tell him his company was on track or off track. And there were seven categories and there were uh, six people who owned the categories. One person owned two categories. Scoreboards is a non-obvious insight, right? Is it? You think? I think it is. Um, for a lot of first-time founders, we don't know any better. Like, I'll tell you for me, right? Like, I didn't work in corporate America. I wasn't a sales guy. You know, I worked at a private school and then I jumped into entrepreneurship. It's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, you know, you and I talk about this art and science of leadership, right? We think we understand in the military, but business is completely different. You need a business plan. You need meetings that don't suck. You need a scoreboard. So I yep. don't think it's obvious for a lot of people. So when we're starting to create these scoreboards, what should we be thinking about? Like, what are the numbers or better yet? How should we even think about structuring? it? Well, I'll give you a, an example. If you're looking at a boxer, you're you're. You're watching a boxer, okay? Uh, he, maybe they're in a fight or something like that. What are the statistics that would tell you that that boxer's doing well or that boxer's doing poorly? Probably number of jabs thrown. Number of jabs thrown. Lines. Um, number of punches, total punches thrown. Total punches. All right, let's just let's stick on those two. And probably uh, knockouts. Yeah. Or not knockouts, but knockdowns. Knockdowns, yeah. Yeah, but you get knockdowns by number of punches thrown and number of jabs thrown, right? Correct. Like if you're not throwing any punches, nobody's going to get knocked down. Correct. But if you're if you're throwing, uh, I don't know, you know, how many punches per minute or how many jabs per minute, maybe uh, if those were in what we call the green zone, like, whoa, that is going to get you a knockdown. No one could can stand up under the, that number of blows, right? Right. So then you get a knockdown. The knockdown would be the example in boxing world of a, what we call a lag indicator. Revenue is a lag indicator. Profit is a lag indicator. It's something you get. When I stand on the scale this morning, that is a lag indicator of what I've done for the past week or two, okay? The jabs thrown, um, the uh, uh, punches thrown, these are what we call lead indicators. So if I have 
you know, three jabs thrown or I have 30 jabs thrown somewhere in there, I'm moving closer to my lag indicator, which is I want to get a knockdown. So the, the concept of building the scoreboard then is what are the numbers? Maybe think of a lot of the listeners are not boxing coaches, but maybe they know a little bit about flying. If they're pilots in, in the audience and you have a lot of veterans, so you've got a, probably a lot of uh, helicopter pilots and, and fixed wing pilots. So pilots, what are the, uh, we did this, remember, with Spencer Payne? That's right. We were doing scoreboards. And I said, Spencer, tell me the one gauge that you need to have your eyes on all the time. He said it was turbine temperature. Boom, that goes on the scoreboard. Because if my turbine temperature is in the red, my aircraft may not be flying. Whereas if my turbine temperature is in the green, we're good to go. So we're creating the scoreboard uh, based on the numbers that tell us that our company is okay, or our company is not okay, or our company is like rock star status. And so that has to be, you know, we could put a hundred numbers up there. The trouble with that is then the meeting's two hours long. So what are the, that's what pilots do. Pilots scan those gauges, you know, those, those pilots in those big wide body, you know, uh, uh, jets, they've got lots of gauges, but they're not looking at them all the time. They're just scanning certain gauges. And that's what we want to do in this weekly tactical is we want to, we want to understand the dynamics of our business. We want to blend leading indicators with lagging indicators. And then we want to, uh, segment those into what I call the Andon system, which is this is red, this is yellow, and this is green. And then it's like a color board. Like if you look at Bubba's um, uh, updated scoreboard, it's like this beautiful uh, color tree. This, this is green, this is red, this is yellow, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you can basically look at it and you can know whether the company is doing well or not. So in our case at Ironbound Media, one of the things, the couple of things we track is number one, fit calls, right? So go. these are vetted prospects that we think we can serve, right? And we're trying to have a fit call with them, quick 15 minutes to see, figure out, hey, if they're a good fit for working up with us at Ironbound Media. So number yep. of fit calls. Second thing is our brand probe, brand probe books. And yep. the brand probes are our initial engagement. Yep. Um, revenue, right? Obviously. Um, what else could something we should track? I'm trying to baby step it. <laughs> yeah, you could. Well, you could. Uh, there's a couple of other things you could track. Um, you obviously have closed some deals. So you have projects in motion. Right. Are they on track? They are. Like, are they on budget? Are they on scope? Yeah. Are they meeting the customer's expectations? So it could just be a project status. You know, your project manager says, oh, well, we have seven projects. Um, uh, five are in green, uh, two are in yellow. I would give us a green because I can move those yellows to greens. Um, we're good. Another thing too is, um, obviously I'm big on content and branding, right? A lot of people, the whole point of marketing and branding is to drive revenue, right? Let's just say that because it's the reality right. of it is. If it's not right. leading to revenue, right? Most of y'all can go out of business. It's just a fact. Yeah. But what Bill's talking about with this uh, leading and lagging uh, measures has shifted my mindset with how I approach content. Because the old me 
would just focus on, oh, I want to get, you know, five new clients instead of saying, hey, I'm going to write 50 pieces of content, you know, or, you know, I'm going to release 25 podcast episodes because that allows me to go on the offense and focus on the things that I have control over. And that's part of the process of tracking that. If I do X number of pieces of content, right, and you after you start to have, uh, how do I say this? you know, some time and you can start to track where your leads and stuff are coming from, then you get a better understanding of like how many pieces of content you tend to put out for, you know, new customer acquisition. Totally. So if you think of the scoreboard categories, you, you've got, um, I don't know, you've got uh, marketing, you have sales, you have um, operations, you have finances, you have customers, you have employees. And, and uh, maybe you have recruiting or something like that. I mean, there's seven or eight categories in, in all companies. Uh, maybe there's a, maybe if it's a tech company, I, I don't know, maybe there's some other stuff. But, but generally, there's common areas, uh, different numbers, but common areas that, that would uh, be sitting inside your scoreboard. And then... Uh, those would be at a quick glance indicating to you that your company's doing okay. Now you mentioned responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. And assigning it. So a lot of our listeners, it might have small teams, right? How do you, would you think about setting those assignments? What would that look like? It's called the DRI, directly responsible individual. Uh, I like SWN, single ringable neck. So that's what we did with Lars, for example. We said, okay, who's going to report on estimating? Uh, He is. Who's going to report on marketing? She is. Who's going to report on finances? She is. You know, uh, and so we we assigned those names to that. We had one person that owned two categories. And then their responsibility is to collaborate uh, with, in this case, Lars, the CEO, but your listener, to uh, think through, okay, my boss wants to know that marketing is okay. Like we are meeting our desired outcomes, our standards of performance for marketing or for finance. What, What does my boss need to know? Now the boss might know, maybe the boss doesn't know. Like there was a couple of things where Lars is gonna go to the DRI and say, how do I know that you, your department is okay? I don't really know. What are the numbers that I need to know so that you could look at me and say, hey, we're doing good here. Tell me. And then the DRI will say, oh, well, you need to know about number of inbound leads uh, from our Facebook advertising and um, number of leads that converted to thick call. A percentage. Okay. And a cost to generate a lead. Okay. Three numbers. Boss, if you if if that's what I look at, if you look at that, you and I are aligned. I'll create the standards. So our cost per lead should be under five dollars. Uh, uh, that's a green, and if it's uh, five to seven, then it's a yellow. And if we spend more than seven dollars getting a lead, we're we're in trouble. So that'll be red. Okay, great. Let's go. In your experience doing this for the last ten years. Mm. Do you get a sense that, because I'm trying to think like a lot of our listeners, right? 
let's say they even have a tactical stand-up, right? Uh -huh. A lot of times they've got, you know, you've got your sales meeting. That's one meeting. Then you've got your marketing. You, that's one meeting. Then you meet with the co-founders and y'all have y'all's little meeting, right? Are people keeping all this information in like one space or are they just doing it sporadically? Uh, no. It's, it's uh, first of all, um, with this one company where we're, we kind of we're in the process of blowing up their meetings. Um, we're going to take, I'm making, I can't remember the number, 12 hours of meetings down to six. And we're going to free people up and we're going to get more done. And we're going to stop being in meeting. Nothing gets done in a meeting. Like things may get decided in a meeting, but nothing gets done in a meeting. The email doesn't get sent. The contract doesn't get signed. The, the, the lead doesn't convert to a sale. Nothing happens in a meeting. And meetings are expensive. You know, you have all these people on your payroll and they're sitting in a meeting. And then we have the people are late. Oh, well, let's wait for Joanne. You know, Joanne rushes in. Oh, I'm so sorry, you know. So we just wasted time and then the meeting goes long. And oh my gosh, there's just so lack of discipline when it comes to meetings, Mike. But what I want to say is, I believe, uh, this is what I said to this one CEO. I said, send me your meeting rhythm. I want, a, I want to see a month of what you and your leadership team, what meetings you have. We had two-hour meetings here, three-hour meetings here. Uh, you know, there was no meeting less than 75 minutes. It was suffocating. And when I asked uh, at an, at an offsite, I asked the team, I said, how do you feel about meetings? I mean, I think if they could have cried, they would. They hate them. Meetings are something we have to have. But what we want to do is we want to have meetings uh, as a weapon, not as a, a ball and chain on your team. We'll crush their spirit. So our assumption is that we're going to do something without a meeting. That's, that's assumption number one. Number two, our next assumption is if we think it's a 75-minute meeting, it's going to be a 37-minute meeting. And number three, we need to understand how to use meetings. One of the reasons these meetings were so long is because they blended different types of meetings into the same meeting. So there's informational meetings, there's operational meetings, and there's issues meetings. And so an operational meeting is like that. You know, when you met with your, your, your commander and you're going out on a mission, it's like this, 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 everybody ready, break. Issues meetings are, hey, we have, a, we have trouble with, you know, dot, 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 let's hear people, let's do this, we're going to come to a decision and all that. When we blend those meetings, then it becomes undisciplined, rambling, and totally worthless. So we, uh, those three things, one, we're going to decide this without a meeting. How can we do that? Uh, we think it's a 70 minute meeting. We're going to make it half that 35 minute meeting. And number uh, three, we're going to respect the different types of meetings and we're never, ever going to blend them. And with that, then the meetings become a weapon that we use to really accelerate the velocity of decision-making, alignment, and all these sort of things, sharing data. That's what an operational meeting does. People look at all the data. They, they, they see that the company's not doing well here. It's doing well here. 
and then it's ready break. Let's let's go to work, which is what someone should say at the end of a meeting because there was no work done in the meeting. The work is done when people go back to their computers or their cubicles or whatever, or their teams, and then they get it done. Right? So when the when the um you know the battalion commander meets with the company commanders, the company commanders then need to go meet with the platoon leaders and the platoon sergeants. And then the platoon leaders or the platoon sergeants then need to go meet with the squad leaders. The squad leaders meet with the fire team leaders, and now shit's gonna actually happen. Right. But one thing I want to emphasize too is even in the military, that one source of truth is that combat order, right? Yes. That's the one source of truth, right? Yes. That filters out responsibility to everyone else. What I'm also trying to get at is that scoreboard needs to be our one source of truth, right? Because you're going to have the marketing consultants, you're going to have all these different people, but all that information, all those critical numbers needs to get up on that scoreboard because that's what we're measuring. That's what we're tracking. Totally. So the the single source of truth starts with your one-page business plan. We just had a one-page business plan workshop yesterday. I think we had six, seven, eight teams in there. They're, They're moving towards planning out their 2023 and their Q1. And they're going to have that done by the time they wrap up the year. When they come back in January, they're going to open up to a new year. No more planning. Let's go. That's super important. The next single source of truth is, how are we doing? That's the scoreboard. Now, the scoreboard is divided into two areas, and it's, and it's unique to each company uh, or each industry. We're tracking company health. How much cash do we have in the bank? How many leads came in? How many deals did we close? And then there's company progress. Uh, uh, How are we on implementing the new accounting software? Uh, How are we, uh, what about that VP of sales that we want to hire? How many many resumes came in? So, So on that scoreboard, we're looking because we're growth organizations. We're, we're moving the company forward through company progress on the scoreboard. Are we doing on those things that we committed to to grow this company? But as we do that, we don't run out of fuel in the helicopter. You know, we're looking at the, the gauges uh, of company health. And we're doing that as a unified team so that we see together where we stand. And then, boom, ready, break. Is there anything people should be aware of as they start to implement this? Because, again, this stuff is not easy to do. I mean, I know we're like riffing on it, but then you're going to sit down, right? You're going to try to scoreboard. You might get frustrated. You know, people aren't going to hit their numbers. Now, what do you do? Well, first of all, your brain's going to tell you that you can't have a meeting because you're already over meeting. And so it requires some surgery on maybe your existing meetings. Uh, Number two. You're going to say, I don't know how to make a scoreboard, so I'm just not going to do it. It, it seems overwhelming. Um, uh, to, the, to, the, to the latter, I would say, lay out all the meetings you have. How can you do surgery on them? How can you amputate some of those meetings? A lot of times, a shorter meeting will eliminate. Like, everybody always has one. I had one CEO who had 12 one-on-ones on a, on a Monday. I said, blow that shit up, have a one-on-one on request and have a effing 
operational tactical meetings, 37 minutes long, and have those 12 people sitting in the same room telling each other what they're telling you in a one-on-one. You're too siloed. You're exhausted when you go home on a Monday. And they feel like they're marching in and reporting to the principal. Now, one-on-ones are for confidential matters, personal, you know, professional development, things like that. Everything else is in this group setting where we're elevating together and accelerating together because that's number one. Number two, I don't know how to uh, uh, build a scoreboard. Well, then start. Put three numbers on the effing board and track those. And then as you move along, keep working with it. Just make a start. That's all. Just start. And then tell your very smart team, they should all be super smart because you hired people who are smarter than you. Tell them what the intent is. So my intent is to have this short little meeting where we all know what's going on. No, no more running around going, I don't know what the hell is going on around here, but I guess the boss does. No, we all know. And then let them keep coming to you and saying, hey, boss, I think we need to track this number. I'd like to report on it weekly. And then begin assigning responsibilities and hold fast to the discipline of meetings that don't suck. I think hold probably fast. the best thing is not for you, listener, CEO, not to be in charge of the meeting. Yeah. Besides, my, ad, my admin sets the meetings up. I set the vision. I said, I want a scoreboard. I said, I want an agenda for every meeting. We go yeah. through the agenda. We track our progress and all this other yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. And I want to emphasize this. This takes discipline. That's what I was trying to get at. The stuff yeah. we're t- talking about, like, you know, Entrepreneur's Bill, we're all about making sure I'm getting up, working out, all this productivity. But nobody ever talks about the actual discipline of running a business, like right. operationally, strategically. And so this scoreboard, right, it's going to be a shit show early on, but you got to hit the I believe bud and you got to commit to it until yeah. it becomes part of the culture. And I would challenge uh, these uh, you listeners to reach out to us. Have have my, send Mike a recording of one of your one of your meetings. Send it to me. I'll watch it. I will I will look at your scoreboard, and I will give you feedback. We're we're not here just to do this podcast, and then everybody listens, and then nothing happens. We want you to listen to this. Do something. And then, and then get results. And the only way you're going to know that you're on track is you get results, but maybe you have a coach uh, 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 look at this. Like I was asking somebody the other day, I said, I said, dude, you're kicking some ass there. Uh, why don't you have a coach? You, you, you just told me you, you had this coach when you were an athlete and now you're in business and you're telling me you don't have a coach? Like, what's up with that? Like, why is it okay over in sports, but it's not okay in business? Because what I was telling him was, what you're doing is amazing. My question is, can it be capitalized letter amazing? Can it be even better than what you're getting now? And sometimes we don't see that. And so I'm encouraging you listeners, Mike is a professional coach, transformational coach. Send him some stuff. So that you can feel what it's like to get coached by somebody who's done this a thousand times, not just like you doing it for the first time. hundred percent. And again, coaching is another non-obvious insight. Most people don't think about it. We like to do it on our own. 
Um, this management stuff, man, like I'm all about branding and market demand, identifying market pool and stuff. But at a certain point, you also got to be able to perform and execute. And what we're talking about now was executing because you can right. run straight into a wall or run out of money and go bankrupt like a lot of our peers have. Um, it's not easy stuff we're talking about. And so no. imagine these scoreboards, tracking progress, leading no. your team. You know, I know we got a lot of D to C brands that listen, you know, same thing, you know, um, you're, you're fighting thin margin. So you right. got to track, you got to track performance. So, uh, yeah, send us your stuff, man. It's what we're here for. So we're here for. as we wrap up, you know, one thing you opened with was we're going into a new year, right? <laughs> 2022 behind us. Some right. of us may have not hit the goals that we set out to. Right. So now right. we're reassessing. So, right. uh, you know, me and you are both all about not waiting to the new year, but how should we be thinking about heading to the new year? Well, I, I, I uh, the people listening to this podcast have hope. But uh, I, I don't really like that word. Hope, me, is very passive. I hope uh, when I breathe my last breath that the gates of heaven will be there for me. But there's no way for me to know that. And there's really no way for me to even track my progress on it. I mean, I could go to mass, you know, every day and say the rosary 20 times, but you still don't know if that gets you into heaven. There's a lot of hope, a lot of unknown business. That's not the case. We don't hope that 2023 is better. We set an intention, very specific intention. I earned $100,000 in 2022. I am earning by December 31st of 2023, $250,000. And I commit to that because I'm going to put it in writing and then I'm going to break it down into a plan. And then I'm going to execute on that plan. So we're, 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 we're manifesting where we want to be on December 31st at our New Year's party, uh, you know, toasting uh, with adult beverages and, and loved ones. And we're, we're back uh, planning uh, all the way back to the present day, which is what, December 15th of 2022, how in the hell we're going to get there. Now, you can hope all you want that you're going to earn that money, grow that company, lose that weight or whatever. But I'm going to tell you, it ain't going to work. What I want you to do is, uh, you know, uh, I, I would suggest you dive into uh, our one-page business plan course. It's out there. Mike, I don't, I don't, you can share the link with people when you post this podcast. Uh, and the Reflect Back, Look Forward exercise is the way to plan out personally your 2023. Whether you use uh, my tools uh, or whether you use somebody else's tools, if you don't use a tool, then you're lost. Yeah. 23 will be very close to be like 22. Yeah. And then you'll live to you, 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 I don't know if you'll live to regret it, but uh, I will, because I know that people listening to this have tons of potential for impact, for wealth, for happiness, joy. And we need to be proactively on that in what I believe is an intentional, committed uh, and structured process. Absolutely. And I'm fired up. I'm honored to have you on the show with me today. Listen, man, Bill, is working with high performing entrepreneurs his time is uh not cheap and he spends it uh -huh. with us giving us knowledge and insights so we want to make sure we take advantage of that 
And so, um, like all things, we're not just about talking, we're about doing. So do your first shitty draft of a scoreboard. Even if it's just three things that you're tracking, just get started. Feel free to send it to us, shoot us an email. Email me, Mike, we're ironbound.com or mess me on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. Um, and we're here for you. And be sure to check out the Lions Pride, man. We got a lot of exciting stuff going on heading into the new year. To the new year. A lot of entrepreneurs are lost and they don't want to admit it, right? And that's why I always ask Bill. Bill's working with people that got multi-million dollar companies and you ask them about meetings and rhythms and accountability and people are making it up. People are still winging it at that level. So we're trying to give you stuff where you don't have to wing it. You know, you can get a rain on your business and feel confident that you're focusing on the right things. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Bill. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we provide no fluff and high impact brand strategy for veteran owned businesses. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is powered by the Lions Pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders. We serve mission-driven, high-performing small business owners with at-the-ready resources, battle-tested tools, and full-service support. We're proud to support veteran and other badass-owned businesses at every stage of growth. You can learn more and get more at thelionspride.com. 